So I guess we'll introduce the topic with the fact that the Radvaz, one of the great um, commentators, one of the people that was expelled from Spain and had to move during the Spanish expulsion, fled to Egypt. So, Sorry, the who? Radvaz. Radvaz? No. That's so a question that's, for Ben. That's, that's what he's known? <laughs> oh, okay. um, so, he, so he asked the famous question. The question has been asked many, many, many times since then: Is Manishtana Mikola Why is this Isur of comets different from all other Isurim in the Torah? Right? It is extraordinarily unique. Um, <clears throat> in Many ways, which I I listed for you over here, uh, the the prohibition applies to no matter how little a little tiny bit of comets uh, is is an isra de araisa. Now, the right. That's that's by the way that's a different stringency. I mean, there are two separate stringencies. One stringency is that no matter how small it is, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a derisor. Yeah? Cheap, though. Not to, not to, like, have in your house. That's what I was thinking, to have in your so, house, not to eat. No, so you said we're looking for pretzels and bisley. That's because there's going to the be... Yeah, that's right. Okay, crumbs is different. But something that is of significance, or something, right, uh, the, right then, then the... the even a small little tiny bit of kosher is usher. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two is a different point, even is that there's no bittle. Well, bittle means negation. When you throw it into a, into a bigger, you mix it into a whole, a whole big thing. Let's say you have, a, I don't know, a, a bunch of little, little pieces of uh, matzah, some that's made during the year, like you know, the, the non-kosher for basic matzah, right? And that's really chametz. And then some kosher basic matzah. One little tiny piece of the chametz dika matzah, right? Mixes into an entire massive box of matzah this big, right? You have uh, 200 kosher matzahs against one uh, chametz matzah. There's no bittle. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's another unique thing. The fact that we have to no, s- does not does comes. not become negated. I Me, mean, we just don't know. I'm not saying the whole thing comes, but we, we, we don't. You can't. You cannot. Yeah, right, right. As opposed to with all other surim in the Torah, you would just say, okay, it's it's bottle, bottle. Midaraisa, things are bottle, baroth. Once there's a majority of the good stuff and the minority of the bad stuff, and there's no way to distinguish, and it just loses its status. It's no longer. The U is being here. Madeira Bonin, one in sixty, for some very stringent things is yeah, one in two hundred, right? But uh, yeah, there's no there's no such thing as Bittle by Hamas. Um <clears throat> we have to go searching for it. I mean other other oh, Isurim. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Other Isurim um, no. are uh, you know, if you, if you see the Yisr, if you know you have an Yisr, then you have to do something about it, right? It may, you know, but here, you have to go searching to see if, you, if there is any. I mean, you sit down, you think, do I have, 
Do I have any? No, I don't think I have any. No, it's not good enough. You have to search to see if maybe there is. Not only that, Chazal went even more stringently, even in nooks and crannies, even places where, uh, you know, where, where it's hard to get to, and it's not even reasonable that a person, I mean, it has to be some possibility that, that, that you could get to there, of course. But even the nooks and crannies, uh, person has to search out for. Next, is we're going to discuss that there are, we destroy chomets in a variety of ways. It's not like a simply uh, one way. It's an entire uh, bombardment of all forms of destruction. Uh, we have to destroy it, actually. It's not enough to just, um, you know, remove it from your possession. You have to somehow or another destroy it. Um, negating it, burning it, throwing it in the sea, crumbling it into the wind. Can you just give it to homeless people? Okay, so if you give it to if you give it to a goy, that is actually a point of a machlekes between beishamai beishilul. So we pass my beishilul that you can give it to a goy because uh, you know the assumption is okay, it's, it's no longer yours. But uh, but otherwise, if if it were to be yours already at the time that the obligation of brutal happens, then you have to destroy it. If in advance you give it, like you give it to a goy. Give it tomorrow. Right. So if in okay. advance, that's okay. Yeah, you could you could do because it, it's no longer yours. But if but by the time that the time of brutal comes, you know, whatever comes, on the okay, so that'll be on the uh, on the fourteenth. Yeah. So then already you have to destroy. It. Um, there's a, the additional prohibitions of to see it or to even possess it. That is, these are, these are the, some of the stringencies that... What do you mean by see it? Like if it's in a padlock box, you don't have to see it. Is it? two different prohibitions. It means to, you shouldn't have, for example, uh, a non-Jew... Um, wants to uh, means even though you're not going to eat it right most isurim is the iser is to eat it right pork or even basar b'chala right most stringent of all kashras things is, is basar b'chala you cook meat inside of milk Asr b'hano, you're not allowed to even make it. All the, but there's still no provision to have it in your possession, right? So b'chama says balir balimotzi. Okay, um, that is that. So the so the Radvaz answers. This is all because the chametz represents the yitzer hara, and so this is a takes on a completely different quality, and we're talking about. This is a, these are Torah concepts. This is not just a rabbinical thing. The rabbis went and added stringencies. Because, I mean, there are, some of these are rabbinic, right? But, but uh, um, most of these are, are from the Torah. So you see that the Torah itself is treating this as a war, as a melchama against the Yetzirah. That, and, and so, in other words, when we're cleaning our houses, from Chomets, this is not simply some sort of a, uh, 
know, big stringency that we do or, or, or whatever. This is, you see that the Torah itself treats chametz and the destroying, seeking out, and the destroying of chametz completely differently from any other isurim in the Torah. That's, a, that's, <clears throat> that's number one. Um, now, the, some incredible hints to seeing this as our Yetzirah, as our being that we're about to embark on a week long or so, I mean, depends what people are in there cleaning. For my wife and I, it's about a week ahead of work. No. Uh, so, so being that we're about to embark on this massive war, so it's good, it's, it's important to kind of get our priorities straight. What is it that we're fighting against? Okay, so the, um, the morale identifies the Hamas as being specifically uh, a manifestation of the Yitzhahara of Amalek. means to say, um, just like Amalek is amongst the nations, that is what the Hamas represents. And uh, he uses this to, to explain the Gemara. The Gemara says that in the merit of removing the Hamas from our homes, we will merit to destroy a Malik. Move a Malik from the world. Okay, the arch nemesis, the arch enemy of the Jewish people. Now, right away we can notice incredible once we once he the moral has illuminated our, our eyes to see Hamas as a Malik. So now seemingly we no longer have any more uh, question why is there a mitzvah to destroy it? to destroy it absolutely, even a little tiny bit. Like we know the famous story in Navi with Shmuel and Shaul, right, where, where Shmuel gives the prophecy to Shaul to go and destroy Amalek. And Shaul leads the army to Amalek and he destroys all of them. But what does he do? He spared the king, Agag. Right, he brings the gag back, and he took their sheep and some of their possessions, etc., to use the sacrifices. And from a gag, we know that what happened that night, while before Shmuel got to him and killed him the next day, and so that night a gag managed to have a child, and from that child came none other than Haman, right? Haman Hagagi, right? So. And of course, not just Haman, but the, you know, in other words, the entirety of Amalek regenerated from that one little, from that one little piece of pretzel, right, that was left undestroyed. Yes. Great question. <laughs> we had the same thing over Shabbos. Somebody was like getting ready to take on an oath to only eat matzah. I said, no, no, no. So you have to eat hummus for the rest of the year. So we'll, we'll talk about it. First, right now, we're building up why. Uh, the answer is because uh, we'll just, uh, our regular on one foot will answer it, is that, is that uh, ultimately we're, we're meant to have a Yetzirah in our lives. We're meant to grapple with the Yetzirah. We're meant to overcome the Yetzirah. Right? As opposed to just Avoid it, uh, kind of reminiscent to me of this whole, you know, with uh, flying back recently 
with people in the airport, young, seemingly healthy people wearing masks, Corona, you know. So I was like, okay, I mean, maybe, maybe somebody could get sick in the airport, but that's why we have the immune system. You have your immune system, you get sick and overcome it, and you get stronger. If you live in a, what are those people that have like no immune system, they have to live in like a bubble, oh, uh, um. right? So it seems you do that long enough, like people that are immune suppressed, right? You do that long enough, stay in the bubble, even a healthy person, put them in the bubble long enough, it, it would be dangerous for them to come out. You can't come out of the bubble anymore, right? When the Native Americans who met the, met the whites coming from Europe, right? Uh, incredible um, proportions or fractions of the, of the Native Americans died out from just spread of diseases that the Europeans were totally immune to because Europeans live in big cities. Big cities have always somebody with a sniffle and a cough and they, you know, not washing their hands and everything else. So, yeah, you're getting sick, but you're getting stronger. The Native Americans, they lived in much more sparse communities spread out through, you know, large areas, native, you know, forests, open air, all this stuff. So they weren't, they weren't prepared for that. Anyway, so the point is, we'll, we'll talk about it. That's really the big avoda of the Omer. We, 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 bring, we bring the Omer. From the time we bring the Omer, we're preparing the entire time to do what? To bring the Shnei HaLechem, the carbon of Shavuos, the Shnei HaLechem, which is Hamas. The only carbon of Hamas the entire year. That's, that's the Shnei HaLechem. Um, maybe we'll also get to talk about the carbon Toda, which also contains Hamas. So that's... Uh, there's a time and a place for everything, and we'll get to it a little bit later as well, hopefully. Okay, back uh, discussing the, the parallels between Amalek and Chometz. So, again, um, we'll go through some of these unique features of Chometz and see how it parallels with Amalek. So, the, the Midrash tells us, very interesting, Hirke the Rebbe Eliezer says, that actually, who, who, who is the father of Amalek? Ma'agag. Agag was a, a Maleki. Oh, but a Amalek, the original person named Amalek, what? Close, he was his grandfather. Oh, the son that, uh, what, that? Eliphaz, exactly. Eliphaz was the father of Amalek. Now, Eliphaz was he interesting was character. Right, so Eliphaz was kind of a good guy, right? So Eliphaz, when Yaakov was running away from Esav, right? So Esav sends Eliphaz to catch up to Yaakov and kill him, right? And Rashi brings Midrash that Eliphaz had mercy on, ya- on Yaakov. He had grown up on Yaakov's lap. He had a relationship with him. He didn't want to kill him. So he said, what should I do? On the one hand, I don't want to kill you. On the other hand, it's my father's command. So Yaakov gave, gave him all of his money, and he said... You know, there's a principle, Talmudic principle, that a, a impoverished person is like a dead person, so you can tell your father you killed me. But um, but <clears throat> the point is that Eliphaz is, uh, we see here, not wanting to kill Yaakov. So the Pirkei the Rebbe Eliezer says that Eliphaz said to his son Amalek, you should know that the Jewish people are the chosen people and the entirety of all of my boys is only for them. So you should do whatever you can to help them, digging ditches, building bridges, building roads for them, uh, so that you also will have a portion in the next world. Uh, 
a lawyer did not take that well. He <laughs> that drove him crazy, right? So, and that is the concept of uh, the refusal to be tougher to anyone else. Tuffle means to be a secondary, a second fiddle. Amali could not bear the concept of being a second fiddle. Yeah? To the point that he became the arch enemy of the Jewish people. Okay? That's now the entire concept of bittle. We asked earlier, why is there no bittle? Why is there no negating? You take a little, one little piece of hummus, gets mixed in with a ton of matzah. Usually in all the rules of the Torah, it should, be, it should get negated. But the foundation, what? 60%. A uh, 60th. 60th. Yeah. A uh, 160th, that's a rabbinical level, right? Uh, so, um, but the, the Shemishmul says that all presupposes the concept of becoming secondary, meaning when one thing is more than the other, when you have more one than the other, then the one that there's less of it becomes secondary to the one that there's more of it. And that's why it becomes bottle. That's why it becomes negated. Because when you're tougher, when you're secondary, so it's as if you're not really there. The whole thing is the primary thing. But being that a molek is the entire Yetzirah of a molek is built on gaiva, on haughtiness, on a refusal to be a secondary. So it's never possible for a molek to become bottle. And so chametz, which is the same concept of inflation, right? Chametz inflates. You have a flat cake, right? You have a flat dough, and then right, it rises up. It's a bunch of hot air. It's inflated. That haughtiness prevents it from becoming able to become secondary, um, minor, and insignificant, and bottle to the greater amount of the other thing. So that is a reason why Hamas does not become bottle. If it's about inflation, how, like, why are we allowed to use baking soda and baking powder? Like, the thing, and, and we don't use meat. So, like, anything can fluff up. You can have a fluffy cake still. Okay. Every year we're trying to, like, find that perfect fluffy cake that's just like Hamas, you know? Like, the answer is like this, because... The, you know, the way like it, it doesn't seem like it's the flour that does it. The yeast, you mean? The, 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 the dough? You're saying it's like, not. It's all about flour and water, right? Well, that makes dough. Flour and water makes dough. Yeah. And, then, and then you also need to have yeast. No yeast, no, no hummus. No, uh, hummus means sour. Souring, meaning when the dough sours. Right? When the yeast multiplies, it makes little air pocket. It releases air. Right? When, when, it, when it digests the dough, so by... Yeast. Yeast what do you mean, not use yeast? Saying, why can't we just make anything with flour and water as long as it doesn't have yeast? Like, why matzah. does it have to be specifically matzah? That, no, that's what's called matzah. Matzah is when there's no yeast. No, but we don't use... Um, wheat flour and water on Pesach. We don't use anything. We don't use wheat flour. That's that no. is matzah. No, only no, for matzah. No, we buy no. Ha- right, except matzah, which we don't really make a specific way. The matzah that it be- shouldn't be able to rise because ye- since mm-hmm. yeast is ubiquitous, yeast is ubiquitous. But we can use flour. 
What? No. no. To make matzah. Because it's under 18. Here, so like this. First of all, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting <laughs> thing. Very interesting thing. Okay. People don't realize this. But, um, but, uh, when I, long time ago, when I did, when I did uh, my, my rotations in the, in the oncology ward, and those people are terribly immune suppressed, uh, so the, um, it's incredible what kind of yeast infections they have going where. Why? Because yeast is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, bacteria and funguses. These things are everywhere. Right, yeast is a type of fungus. It's you have it on your skin, you have it in your you know in your nasal canals, you have it in your gut, you have it everywhere. Also in the flour, right? So the moment you're mixing flour and water, there's also yeast present. Okay. Now there may be ways to, I don't know, maybe scientifically in the lab, you, if you could if you could ensure that there's no yeast, right? Uh, then okay, then meaning the 18 minutes is an, an assessment. The sages tell us that under no- normal circumstances, right, uh, you it will not the, the yeast will not have enough time to reproduce to make any noticeable changes in the dough that would constitute chametz, which is, for example, you know, some noticeable changes. Th- these are physical changes. The the color of the of the dough begins to pale, begins to become a more pale colored face of the dough. Uh, it begins to get little tiny cracks in it. Now we're not experts in these things. We can't. We don't know how to look at a dough and say, "Oh, that that's hummus. Oh no, that's not hummus. That's still okay." So we just follow a rule. The sage just told us: if it's less than 18 minutes, you're okay. If there's not any unusual things happening, um, if there's heat involved, then you know, th- then it could be faster than 18 minutes. If there's spicy things there, if there's potentially maybe some other additives, they could go faster than 18 minutes. So there's all sorts of things. 18 minutes is just a way to say, if all else being equal, you just have some flour, some dough, nothing else happening, then sits around up to 18 minutes, you're safe. Okay? But the point is, it's all a question of if, if it's inflated. Now, as far as your question about using other means to inflate, okay, so the, the, it's not Hashem prohibited anything that's inflated. Hashem prohibited chametz. That's what the Isra derives as chametz. Now, why is that? The tam ha-mitzvah, the reason for the, the taste of the mitzvah, so to speak, right? Something for help to make it understandable to us, to relatable to us, that's one of the many that we're going to see, right? So, so if you can get it to be fluffy with something else, okay, go ahead. That's okay. But perhaps, you know, I... Maybe I would not recommend for someone to go the entirety of Pesach, right, eating fluffy matzah the whole time, right? Uh, yeah. Part of the concept of eating matzah, is, we may or may not get to it, is the opposite of that, is the humility, is the simplicity of it. So if the whole time you're eating fancy, fluffy things, it could be, it will be difficult for you to connect to that idea of, you know, of humility and simplicity as opposed to the uh, puffed-up pastry. The Sorry, I stopped making my matzah meal rolls. I have a really good recipe for matzah meal rolls, but we just felt like we were eating bread, so Aww. I stopped making it. <laughs> I can give you the recipe, but clearly you're not going to want it after this show. So. <laughs> uh, you, guys, you guys eat the rest, right? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, is that really good?
Yeah. Yeah. People go very hard. People go hard. <laughs> no, well, you know, not because uh, Gibrox is uh, some sort of a concern that maybe it is going to be chalos. Okay. So we'll talk about uh, saying, uh, my wife is saying, let's say theoretically, uh, let's say you could have it be fluffy and there's no hashashas of anything, but she's just saying that maybe it's not in the spirit. That's uh, up to every person to decide if they feel they want to be in the spirit, they want to, don't want to be in the spirit. It's a different thing of Gibrox uh, that uh, Hasidim are machmiran, very, very, some are very, very machmir. A lot of great jokes about Hasidim. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Bears will be sending out one in this coming week's email. Anyway, um, but uh, no, my family is not stranger like your brother. So Robert's going to come over to our house and enjoy a nice matzah bowl. Okay, um, so Amalek is not negated, so two Chomets is not negated. Next, we mentioned this already uh, to the concept that uh, Amalek must be destroyed. So Chomets must be destroyed, right? Uh, furthermore, there's, a, there's an interesting observation which is, there's really two, two types of chametz. I mean, one is chametz, and one is called sa'or. So chametz is uh, leavened, leavened bread. Sa'or is sourdough. No, that's not right. Sa'or, sa'or means uh, sourdough. Yeah? Now, sourdough, it doesn't mean sourdough bread. Sourdough means sourdough. Does anyone know what sourdough means? When the dough has soured, exactly. In other words, what used to be called a starter dough. Right? So every baker would have a jar of like a really stinky, just disgusting, sour thing, and you take it and break off a little tiny piece, crumple it into your dough, and it will help your dough to rise. Because why? Because it's filled with yeast, that's why. Right? It's, it's, and uh, when does it go from being hummus to being sour? is when it becomes inedible even to a dog. Okay, that's called sour. It's two separate things. Sometimes the Pasuk talks, talks about the prohibition of commas. Sometimes the Pasuk talks about the prohibition of sour. And the, the truth is we have a, um, a heckish and equivalency between the two of them, that the rules of the one apply to the rules of the other. So whenever it says that this one's forbidden, it means also the other one's forbidden. Uh, but nonetheless, interestingly enough, that specifically the mitzvah to destroy is not said about chametz, it's said about saor, the sourdough. Okay? Now, it applies to chametz as well because of the uh, equivalency that the, that the Pazak makes for us. But uh, nonetheless, the Shemish Mul asks, why is it that the Pazak stresses, when we're talking about the destruction of these things, it doesn't say the, the mitzvah to destroy chametz, the mitzvah is said about destroying saor. It applies also to chametz. But it's said relaying to soar. So, so, he, so he says like this, he says, there are two types of haters of the Jewish people. We know many statements in the sages say that, uh, you know, that the, for example, Babylonia was enriched through the destruction of Jerusalem, right? We know the Romans gained tremendous wealth. In fact, the great Colosseum in Rome seemingly uh, was built from the plunder of the temple. This is interesting. As, you know, I, I was there back in 1990 in the Great Calcium of Rome, that fancy, the fanciest thing 
the Rome has, that was built with plunder that, that Titus brought from the base of Mitch. Okay? So, um, the, so that's one, that's one thing. The, people, the, the enemies of the Jewish people who hate us, attack us, in order to benefit from our destruction. But then there's a unique thing, Amalek. Amalek attacked us without anything to gain. They weren't local, they didn't have a local kingdom that they were afraid of being attacked. They weren't looking for gold and silver. They, they were, you know, out to do one thing, one thing only, because they hate the Jewish people, and they want to attack the Jewish people. That has no taste. It has no taste. Every, for everyone else, when they attack us, tastes good. I mean, they get, they take money, they take, they, they plunder, whatever it is. But Amalek attacks us without taste. That is compared to Saur. I mean, all the other Goyim are like hummus. Amalek is like Saur, the sourdough, which has no taste. And not only that, but more so, Amalek, their hatred for the Jewish people is contagious. Like you see with Hitler, you right? As uh, uh, all said, I don't think it takes a tremendous Ruach uh, Kodesh to see that the Nazis were were a Malik, right? Incarnate, and uh, but, but look at what happened: the Lithuanians, the Poles, right? Those guys uh, were were murdering the Jewish people more so than the Germans. By the time the Germans would arrive in most Lithuanian cities, Lithuanians already killed the Jews. Yeah. And, and, and the Ukrainians, those same Ukrainians that are currently, you know, asking for help, those guys are elbow, blood up to the elbow in Jewish blood, right? So they were, it was unbelievable. 98% of, of, of the Jewish population in all these places was killed, and most of it was done by the locals. So it's interesting, the same locals, the same Poles, the same Lithuanians, the same Ukrainians that we lived with, you know, many of them in very, even very amicable relations, some anti-Semitism, all of a sudden now became these terrible monsters. So it's very, very consistent with this concept where a Malik, just like Saor, sourdough, right, is what? You take a little tiny bit, you spread it into dough, and that, that dough becomes hummus. Right? I mean, the, the, the sourdough is contagious. Right? So to Amalek is contagious amongst the nations, like Rashi brings. That once they jumped in to the hot bath, they cooled it off. Now all the other guys thought, okay, we can go also go attack. Right? And that is another reason why even a tiny bit of it has to be destroyed. Because the, unlike with other non-kosher things, where the problem lies with itself, with hummus, with saor, with Amalek, a little tiny bit of it is going to, the moment it comes into contact with more dough, so it makes more. It, it transforms other things. So instead of viewing it like other Torah prohibitions of forbidden foods, really, rather, it should be viewed as, some, as a dover tummy, as a thing that is spiritually, uh, a spiritual contaminant, right? That if it comes into contact with other things, and then it turns those things tummy as well and spreads this. So that's, that's why um, it's even the smallest amount of it has to be destroyed. That's, uh, that's 
another reason for the stringency uh, of commas. A little bit of a different angle at the at the Yetzirah of commas is from the Chidush Rim. The Chidush Rim says an incredible thing. He says all the harchakas, all the distancings from an avera. I mean, there's an avera itself. And we say, you know what? Since there's such a bad avera, distance yourself. Don't even do things that are near it. Right? Go, go away. Those he says are usually uh, rabbinically imposed. I mean, the Torah just tells you what the thing is, the problem, and then and the rabbis tell you, oh, that, that's really bad. Make sure to stay away from that. But notice something interesting. Chama's fascinating thing. Pesach starts when? There's an easy one. Pesach begins on. Well, on the 15th of Nisan, right? Okay. But the prohibition of Chomets begins at midday. The day before. I mean, six hours in advance, it's already Chomets is awesome. So, he says, there's only one thing that the Harchaka is Midaraisa. Maybe this is, maybe this. Some other things, according to some opinions, there's some more, but uh, there's a, it's a Mephorsha Posak. Midvar Shekhar Tirchak. From a lie, a person should distance himself. It means not only not, don't lie, but distance yourself even from something that is like lying or, or a situation where you might lie. So that is, you see, the, that being uh, something that the Torah itself is telling us. So, so you know, in that spirit, this would be a Yetzirah of, of lying. And, and therefore, you have to be distanced from it. Um, okay, uh, a few hints uh, to the Chomets being Yetzirah. The Chidor says that there are seven names for the Yetzirah. Gimon Brachas says there seven, seven names for the Yetzirah. And the Chidor says... This corresponds to these to the seven stringencies that we've been talking about that Chomis has over everything else, is is uh, because there's seven aspects to Yetzahara, so there's that's why we have all these stringencies. Um, the um, in in the um, Olos Ephraim, that's the Kliyakr, so he says that the Chomis corresponds to a Russia. And the Saor corresponds to the Yetzirah. Means, obviously, the Yetzirah is what gets a person to become a Russia. Right? So, too, the Saor, the sourdough, is what gets other doughs to become Hamas. So, that's, uh, that's, that's a, a Russia and the Yetzirah. So, he says that just like there's a prohibition not to look at the face of a Russia. Looking at the face of a Russia make it can desensitize a person to the terrible activities that this person does. So too, there's a Isra Natora Balyura not to see Hamas. I mean not to see Hamas stems from not to look at the face of a Russia. Yeah. How are you supposed to know? Let's say, I mean, let's say you knew. Right? How you? Uh, some people, unfortunately, they're not so embarrassed about it. There's, uh, there's some people that uh, it's uh, it's 
there are people that know. Yeah, okay. Some people, some people uh, would go into the stipler, and he would refuse to look at them. And uh, wow. and he and, and he would scream. He would say, "Wait, you you think you think I don't know you're Makal Shabbos? You throw him out of the house. We want to look at them." Okay, so, uh, yeah, some people, you know. What? Well, it depends. Even the person is a Timic Shemish, but it's one thing. If the person, you know, chose to leave, and, uh, you know, this is somehow going to scare them or, you know, make them change their ways, then it's different. You have to, you have to every situation, you have to know. Anyway, um, so that is, those are some hints to this being Yetzirah. Okay, we, we already mentioned some similarities, but again, as we're searching, each person, uh, I just want to tell you, the, the son of the Rambam, uh, the Rambam had the son Avraham, Avraham ben Rambam, and he wrote a very special sefer called the Maspik Le'ovdi Hashem, uh, where he goes through and tries to explain to a person how to be a servant of Hashem. So in there on Bitochon, he says, you should know that at the time of searching for Chometz, it's a time of spiritual, um, unique spiritual power that, that if you set your mind that on, on, a, on a certain Yetzirah that you're searching for to destroy, that, uh, to, to get Siyat HaDeshmaya to destroy the Yetzirah. He's specifically talking about the, the son of the Rambam, Avram ben Rambam. Um, He's talking specifically about bitachon, trusting only in Hashem for all of our, you know, bread, of course, as a person's parnasa, person's, you know, the Pasuk tells us, right, not on bread alone does a man live, rather through the word of Hashem, right? So a person uh, tends to put their trust into bread, and into chomet, so to speak, right? And here we're, we're searching it out and destroying it and only leaving whatever Hashem wants. So he says it in relation to that. But, but the truth is, all these concepts, being that we're commanded to find this Yitzhahara and destroy it, whatever Yitzhaharas speak to a person, whether it be, like we said before, you know, the, the evil in the world, such as a Amalek, with, with, whether it be uh, haughtiness right, of a Amalek, whether it be lying uh, that we saw, um, as well as we're about to mention a few more, uh, these are all things that a person can set their mind on when searching for the Chomets, destroying the Chomets. And it's literally, uh, I mean, we, we learn the halachas of searching for Chomets from the halachas of doing tshuva. Uh, how, where, do we, where does the Gemara learn out that a person should use a candle to look for Chomets? It should be at nighttime and you should use a candle. Because the Pazak says, Ki, ki ne'er Hashem nishmas adam. That uh, the, the, the soul of a person is like a candle of Hashem. That, so to speak, Hashem uses a candle to, to search out so, uh, the soul of man. So too, we should use a candle to search for comments. That's uh, literally what we're doing. You say, imagine, you know, uh, now why do I need to do that? Why can't I just sit down and do tshuva? answer is, sometimes it can be hard to, um, if you have a really, really tiny system, it's hard to find all the little small things in there, right? How big is our heart? How big is your fist? What is the little tiny cracks in your heart that there's some comets hidden inside of it? By that I mean the Yitzhah heart. 
very hard to get at. So instead, Hashem says, look, see your whole house? Your whole house is like a magnified version of your heart. Go and search in your house for the Yitzhahara, for the Chomets, and as you're doing that, the same thing, parallel thing, will be happening in your heart. If you have that intention, if you have that Kavala. You're searching for the Yitzhahara, you're searching for the Chomets. So, Ne'er Hashem Dishmasadu. Okay, so... Uh, Practically, what, is, what does that mean? So let's say... So let's say, let's, we're about to give an example. Uh, another one. Idleness. Right? The Yitzhahara of laziness, of idleness. Sitting around doing nothing. Right? How does Chomets come about? Chomets comes about as a result of unworked dome. Means as long as it's being worked, right? There is no even if it's dough for two hours, right? It's never going to become chametz. It only becomes chametz when sitting around because yeast get incapacitated when you're when you, when you're pushing the dough, when you're punching the dough, when you're working the dough. There's, there's no there's no chametz be developing at that time, right? So so it's uh, it's 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 fundamentally a result of laziness of idleness. Right, so a person, uh, let's say theoretically, somebody is, knows that they have a yetsahara of, of laziness, of idleness. Right, not anybody here, of course, but theoretically, somebody else. Yeah. So, so as a person is seeking hummus, seeking to destroy hummus, trying to find every nook and cranny of it. Right, uh, and, and thinking. That I don't want to be left with this Yetzirah. I, I, I don't want to be a lazy person. I want to be a, a uh, alacritous person. I want to I wanna, uh, serve Hashem with energy. Then there's a special, spiritual, uh, unique property on this night of searching for comets that it'll, it'll, be, it'll, it'll actually make a difference. It'll make actually a big difference in the person's own heart. It's called a segula. Segula is a spiritual... Property, just like if you take bark from a certain tree and you chew it, it takes away pain and headaches. It's called Tylenol. Tylenol is a natural occurring chemical in bark of certain trees. Right. So why should chewing bark help with Tylenol? Because that's what it does. That's called the segula. That's a unique spiritual property. That's a unique physical property. This has a unique spiritual property. Taking Lulav and Esrug on, on uh, Sukkot does something to a person. Here, seeking out the Chomets does that, if you have the correct intention. Okay, next, we said haughtiness, inflated ego, hot air. Next, indulgence. The, um, the Rav Yitzhak Isaac Haver says that the reason why we're eating matzah is to train ourselves to not be Bali Taiva, to not seek uh, lust of, of delicious food. Chomets is fluffy, yummy uh, bread. There's nothing like a hot, fluffy roll that just came out of the oven, right? Whereas matzah, is, uh, matzah gets the job done. You know, so if you're looking to serve Hashem, like the Mesut Sharm says, by Zrizus, actually tying it back to Zrizus, to, to alacrity, right? The Mesut Sharm says that if a person... Uh, the, the one of the distract, detractors from Zrizus, 
is the desire to have yummy, delicious food, right? You have to have your food heated up just right. It has to be fluffy. It has to be fresh. It has to be with the sauce. It has to be this. So then, you're you're uh, you're going to be uh, inevitably incapacitated. Rather, stay away from that. Just eat simple bread, and uh, and and and, uh, and that's uh, that'll be that'll help a person to serve Hashem. First starts, right? You know, Shabbos is your man against a Shabbos. It's a big, big mistake people make, right? Because I'll say, call a man against a Shabbos. Everyone who brings only to Shabbos is uh, merits in a nachla blimutsorum, uh, merits a inheritance without any end. Yeah, but that's man against a Shabbos, not man against Atzma be Shabbos. Not, not, you're not doing it for yourself. So we have a mitzvah. To we have a mitzvah to. How do you know? Um, the truth is, I think that being that we have a command to to, to eat this delicious food, uh, and that's the honor of Shabbos. So of course, the best thing is to be doing it only for Shabbos. But but uh, but it doesn't mean to say that you're not supposed to enjoy it. I mean, it's the honor of Shabbos. It's an honor to Shabbos that on this day I recognize all the goodness of Hashem and I'm enjoying this food and I'm, and I'm, and I'm grateful for the food and this delicious food. That's good. I'm supposed to be thinking about Shabbos. I'm supposed to be thinking about what a kindness is from Hashem that I'm being given. This. So on Shabbos, that is a, that's a good thing. That's a mitzvah. But, uh, but the rest of the week, the rest of the year, it's a Yetzirah, like we're learning in, uh, in Mishli. That's a... Uh, it's a nochria, right? Isha nochria. Taiva. So, comments represents taiva. Matzah represents simple food. Okay, next. Uh, mode of spread. How, is, how does comments... You know, it's incredible. We're thinking about clean for, for, for Pesach. It's like, oh, man. Like, stuff could be anywhere. It's like literally... Throughout the entire house, right? Especially if you have little children. But then once you say, okay, like we're now being careful with chametz. So you can have chametz. You can have chametz in the house. It's not going to go anywhere. It doesn't fly. It doesn't have wings. It doesn't have legs. It can't, can't run around. It, as long as you're careful with your children who do have legs, right? Um, but you don't have to be hosh for that. You do not need to be concerned for ants carrying him. That's what the first you are, yes. And, and, yes. Well, not <laughs> the, the, the Gemara talks about a more concerning thing of, of, of a weasel. Of a weasel. Maybe a weasel is going to grab... Say you checked half of your house, you didn't check the other half of the house. Right? So you still have comments in the other half of the house. The problem is a weasel to come in, take a piece of bread from the unchecked part of the house, and then or a rat, right, or a mouse, whatever it is, and go through and to the other side, leave it over there. The answer is you, you don't need to be concerned for that. Okay. If that would be the case, you could never check anything because maybe he's gonna, after you check your whole house, it brings it in from the outside. So you have to check the entire world all at once. No, but that's the case that belongs to you, though. No, you're, you're not allowed to have hefker comments in your house either. No, I'm saying when the whatever animal it was carried that bread from your kitchen into your upstairs where you clean, that bread belongs to you. Right. So, so that not a problem? Because you, no, that's a, 
You don't need to be concerned for it. That's not an obligation. So you I don't mean, need to assume that that could have happened. You don't have any right. control as far as checking everything again. But what if you actually do find a piece of bread in your house on Pesach okay. because an animal did that? Okay. Uh, she went to furnace. You were bottle. You were bottle. But do you have to worry that maybe there's more? And no. And look more? No. no. I guess if you find, if you establish a chazaka, you find multiple pieces in different places, then I guess you have to realize that probably your children stashed it away. <laughs> yeah, we've had, we've had interesting places where children hid away chamas. After we checked. After we checked. In child lock cabinets. I heard someone whose kid put, like, in the air conditioning, materials in the air conditioning. Yeah, everyone's like, heard that horror story. It's Apparently it happened this is like a story. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. And maybe it did happen, who knows? But but in our house it certainly did happen. That, that our daughter went and pulled open a child like cabinet. Yeah, open but a little bit. Cracked it, yeah. And stuffed a bag of hummus inside. A bag of pretzels that she got from a pre-Pesach camp that she went to the morning of Pesach. Oh, no. And they gave them pretzels. You're kidding. <laughs> the morning of Pesach. Oh, no. And they sent her home with them? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think she thought she was hiding it there for us to find. Oh, but She was like three years old. It was very oh. cute. Yeah. Three years old. Well, yeah, but, but, but we, we found, found it. We found it. We opened it just like you weren't yeah. planning to open that camp. Yeah, we found it. Yeah. Anyway. So the point is, uh, yeah, yeah, listen, you do what the halacha says, and, and the rest you leave in Hashem's hands. We do make a bitl. So anything that you didn't find, you move out. Okay. Um, but my point was, the mode of spread is lack of attention. Yeah, that's the mode of spread. It's not that it's so hard to contain. It's that we don't pay attention to it. And that's the biggest thing with the Yitzhahara. Right? The, the Mishul Sisharim in Zahirus talks about the tremendous importance of Cheshben and Nefesh, right? The, to take stock of a person's spiritual standing. Where am I? How am I doing? Where, am I, where are my losses? Where are my gains? What things are working for me? What things are not working for me? If a person's not doing that, they have no clue what's going on. If you're not paying attention to your credit card bills, right? Who knows what's going on over there? You have that thing on auto pay, right? All of a sudden, a year later, you discover that <laughs> yeah, you've been uh, you're like how many thousand dollars in debt or whatever it is. So the point is, it's not so difficult it, to contain is the lack of attention. And therefore it goes everywhere. That's the same thing with the Yitzhahara, the need to keep a vigilant eye, to not, get, to not let it get out of hand. Uh, that's uh, that's a big thing. Uh, thank you for that note. So we got through an entire third of the year. Incredible. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, so I hope that was useful. And I hope you have an incredible time doing this very difficult but very important mitzvah of searching out and destroying the commas in your homes. Mm-hmm.